And we are live. Uh, so hello, welcome to another episode of Loose Cannon. Sorry that we're a little bit late this morning. Uh, <laughs> for anyone <laughs> watching, Discord apparently has updated their, uh, I don't know, their camera settings. And it allowed me to, this isn't why we're late. I had this for a while now. But it allowed me to be in eternity, and I thought it would be funny to be in eternity for this episode. Um, <laughs> you were gifted your own pocket universe. Yeah, I was gifted my own pocket universe to do a podcast from. <laughs> that was um, I was I was one of the, the 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 guardians who changed their design. You know the the hourglass with infinite time, the the blade with a purpose anew, the the dredgen, and then uh. I was hoping that I could think of something funny for myself when I got there, but I kind of <laughs> dropped the ball. <laughs> the procrastinator. <laughs> uh, the pig of affinity. Yeah, that's a good one. I'll change. I'll change my name to that. Pigs in space. <laughs> All right, uh, but so this week we're going to be talking about the nine. Obviously, I'm. I'm. You know, here. Never uh, heard of them. <laughs> Because in less than less than two weeks, more than one week though, uh, nine days in nine days, um, <laughs> nine days, yeah. Oh my god, that is actually oddly perfect. In nine days, we will be getting the thirtieth uh, anniversary update, which heavily seems to be about the nine, and so we kind of wanted to talk about them. And the nine have so many like loose ends that there's so many possibilities to see where they can go with it. Sure, and there, there's like hours of talking to be done about the many po- loose ends that they have, and so we're gonna try to get through uh, some of them. I what I thought is like a, a good general understanding of the nine. Um, but so before we get to that, we have a, a lore card this week from the Destiny Armory Defined. That's right. <clears throat> so I did an old one. Uh, not Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, we just kind of chilled. But uh, the week before, I did one, which it, it's an old one, but I thought it was kind of cool because some recent things have happened, not just you know in in lore, but uh, in media. If you watch TV shows on you know like Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff, uh, it, it's it's come up, which I thought was kind of neat. Um, but it's from Destiny One. Uh, I think this was uh, the, yeah, it was the, it was the SIVA expansion. What was it called? Rise of Iron. Rise of Iron. Thank you. <clears throat> I do that all the time. Um, so in Rise of Iron, we got a gun and it was from the Vanguard. Mm-hmm. And at the time when the Vanguard had their rotating weapons with each, you know, expansion, um, they had like themed weapons, right? And if you were ever, if you were ever lucky enough to kind of catch on to what they were talking about, it was neat because it had foreshadowing, or it had some sort of um, like a little bit of a a layer of story with what was happening in current events. Hashtag Destiny at the mm-hmm. time. So this one was uh, Anton's rule, and it was the most like not in your face. What does this mean? <laughs> Weapon. In fact. I remember uh, way back when 
even Bife was tripped up was like, who is Anton? Is he some, you know, wolf character that we don't know about or <laughs> Iron Lord or something? And uh, and it was a good one because I, I didn't know what it meant at first either. And so it made me look it up. And of course, I defined it a long time ago. But when I looked it up, I was like, aha, there it is. But uh, it took a while. So Anton's rule, <clears throat> the flavor text is don't include it unless you intend to use it right mm -hmm. okay so what the heck does that mean so there's this guy and his name is anton Chekhov, and he is a highly esteemed russian playwright and short story writer uh Chekhov's gun is a it, it means remove everything that has no relevance to the story so the rule is and this is his quote if in the first act you have hung a pistol on the wall then in the following one, it should be fired. Otherwise, don't put it in there. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a nice little play on that that rule in storytelling. If you talk about something, you better use it later on. Because otherwise, you're putting in stuff that's completely unnecessary. Right? You know, it's funny. I didn't. I, I knew this was the lore card this week, but I didn't le do my little intro bit thinking about about this sorry something just started making noise it's the nine yeah um that's really <laughs> loud i don't know if that's being picked up i hope it isn't but so i don't hear um okay that's good um that threw me off how i said the nine have so many loose threads and now don't include it unless you intend to use it so <laughs> hopefully a good number of them like they don't need to be like tied up but like go down that path yeah know? We need some we need some story meat. Yeah. So, so um so Chekhov's gun is how it's like widely, you know, uh distributed as far as you know, like for writers, it's one of those rules or 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 storytellers, it's one of those rules that you have to abide by uh in order to make your stuff good. I mean you don't have to use the rule if you don't want to, but if you <laughs> want a good story, you better kinda use it. So anyway, Chekhov's gun it means remove everything that has no relevance to the story. If you say there's a gun, use it, right? So that's mm -hmm. the gist. Anton Chekhov, the highly esteemed Russian playwright and short story writer, is among the greatest writers of short fiction in history. I didn't know this guy, but I looked him up, and this guy has tons. I mean, backlog, category, you know, catalog of uh, just, just awesome stuff. Um, so if you ever want to look up, you know, he's Russian, so it's, <laughs> but a lot of his stories, I didn't know this, have been, you know, Americanized. American had, America has a lot of stories that are basically, you know, ripoffs of his. <laughs> mm -hmm. And we even have some, some, uh, you know, popular plays that are directly influenced by him. So anyway, uh, Anton's rule is a dramatic principle and every memorable element in a fictional story must be necessary and irreplaceable. And any that are not should be removed. Mm -hmm. So basically he's saying just, you know, don't put it in there if you don't intend to use it. Right. So yeah. check Chekhov's gun is a dramatic principle that stresses the importance of laying important details early in a story and how they will later contribute to the overall narrative. This rule is taught so that writers will avoid making false promises in their narrative by including spur of the moment details that will not ultimately pay off in the last act chapter or conclusion. 
Um, Chekhov's gun has become a highly influential theory of effective writing. Uh, the rule ensures noticeable details are utilized within the plot trajectory, character development, and overall mood of the work. The term <laughs> Chekhov's gun emerged from the way Chekhov repeatedly characterized writing in letters to his contemporaries. And so this was his quote. This is one of the many quotes. And he always says the same thing to pretty much everybody he ever talked to. Uh, but this is it. If in the first act you have hung a pistol on the wall, then in the following one, it should be fired. Otherwise, don't put it in there. And then his other most famous quote was basically the same thing. Remove everything that has no relevance to the story. If you say in the first chapter that there is a rifle hanging on the wall, in the second or third chapter, it absolutely must go off. If it's not going to be fired, it shouldn't be hanging there. Hmm. So um, what's cool about this is if you watch the show, you and uh, this last season wasn't that great. I just, you know, that's my own opinion, but <laughs> this, uh, this came up and they never talked about it like in detail to what they were saying, but uh, he mentions Chekhov's gun. Yeah. Uh, quite a lot throughout the whole thing. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a neat little, it's a neat little callback. Um, and why I thought it was relevant in Destiny is because we're about to celebrate the 50th anniversary or, you know, 30th. all of the, I'm sorry, 30th anniversary, golly. Of, of Bungie. Uh, yeah, yeah, of Bungie. Destiny. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> we're about to uh, celebrate, you know, the 50th, or the 30, I keep saying 50th, why 30th anniversary of, uh, of uh, Bungie. Uh, but if you think about Bungie's back catalog of, games all the way back to Gnop, which is a pong ripoff backwards and if you think all the way yeah you didn't know about that that was their very first game they ever made Uh, if you go all the way back to their entire catalog of games they have tons of stories and um none of them were 100 percent fleshed out let's just put it that way Mm -hmm. And so what's great about that is that any time they can pull from all of those back catalogs of games and incorporate them in, into Destiny, which is kind of this culmination of all the years that they've spent in the gaming you know, world. And uh, so we're getting marathon-themed <laughs> armor, and how does that fit into the world of Destiny? You know, who knows? But it's there. So uh, they, they- there are... <laughs> There are tons of things that they have um, that they can just play around with. They they really shot themselves in the foot with um, the future war cult happenings in season of the Splicer because any of their universes could have been like explained by the future war cult. It's like, oh, this is yeah. this is from this place or this is from that place, and um, now we don't have that luxury. We just have to be like, why is this here? And how is it connected where they had that previously, they had that convenient excuse of like, you know, this, this is from another universe where things went different. And sure. In this parallel universe, there is still the light and the dark, but humanity hadn't discovered it. You know, it was, Humanity advanced without the light in the dark. So the nine are still there in Marathon, in theory, right? The nine are still there in Marathon. They just exist without any way to 
as we'll talk about here, I think it's actually in the, the first uh, bit, as we'll talk about here, they're kind of stuck being who th- what they are. And it was the introduction of the Traveler that gave them a kind of... Uh, kind of hope to break free from it. I just noticed all these buttons are still here. They usually aren't. <laughs> I don't see any buttons. <laughs> oh, I mean, I see it on the stream. Huh. Weird. I'm sorry. I, I, it's hard for me to stay focused on what I'm talking <laughs> about. Um, so yeah, do you want to, do you want to get into the, the nine stuff now? Yeah, no, that's a perfect setup because if you think about the all-encompassing nature of Destiny lore, <clears throat> um, we definitely have some Chekhov's guns that need to be fired off mm-hmm. here coming up soon. So, uh, I mean, why don't you just say why is the Nine important right now? Why have we heard about them for so long and all of a sudden they're relevant? Uh, damn, okay, so this didn't work out as nicely as I was hoping it would. Um. I took screenshots, or I put screenshots in the Google Docs, and I thought I could open them from the Google Doc uh, seamlessly, but I couldn't. So, from the book Dust, which uh, is one of the books that covers the Nine, late into the, the, the book is the entry Declaration. Yeah, Declaration, I think. And Declaration is a great, ec- the Declaration, and, and the Declaration is a great entry because it is the only entry, I think, there might be like one or two more, the only entry that has, and it's on screen now, that has what I call the nine syntax. So you see these uh, three paragraphs, and each paragraph has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine lines, one, two, three, four, six, and nine lines, one, two, three, four, nine lines. And each one has their own syntax of speaking because each nine is their own sentience. And to differentiate that, we see them in text most of the time. We don't actually hear them because when they speak, it's not in like a language that we can even understand. So when we get it in text, it's kind of like breaking the rules. It's like you don't understand it but you understand it. So you get it. You get to have both. (laughs) You get to hear the gibberish, but like in your soul, you know what it means. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) They're all around you. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, you can see them here. Uh, and I have to go back to my doc. It's not going to look as nice. Uh, so the syntax is capital with a punctuation, all lowercase, all capital, all capital with punctuation, all capital with each letter being spaced, uh, capital minus. So like, uh, halfway through your text will be the minus symbol. Halfway through your text will be the plus symbol. Halfway through your text will be the equal symbol. And halfway through your text will be this, uh, like bracket line symbol. Yeah. Um, so these are the nine. These are the nine. And, what we've learned recently, I mean, I guess it's not actually even recently anymore. It's like two, three years old now. Uh, so what we've learned in the past is that the nine are splintered. And so basically what you have is you have this group of five who are the, the upper speaking. These are the five that you see all the time talking. And then you have this group of four who you don't see like ever. So it's like very easy to find these five syntaxes and 
and understand that these are five. It's it's the the latter four who are separate. And so, as I said, um, they existed before the Traveler was here because the universe was made with light and dark. The, with or without the Traveler present in our galaxy, it, the light and the dark is there. It is it is always there. And the nine have been here as long as there has been life within our, our solar system. And so it says, uh, you want our source, our primal cause. We are the shadows of your world's mast. Old dark dust, ever gravity flowing. Intelligences world round each world's core. Nine hourglass pinches in galactic wind. That's always the hardest one to read. Yeah. <laughs> too large to see. Because I'm not even going to say it. Uh, too large to see, too small to miss. Our mass binds your matter freeze. Our philosophies lay divided. Oh, also on the uh, the final one, they actually have a period at the start and at the end. And I think it's interesting. So, like, on the minuses, on the minus nine here, they have they start with a capital, but they don't have end punctuation. <clears throat> and the rest don't start with capital, don't have end punctuation, but on the line... They have the period at the start and at the end. I'm not sure if that means anything or if it's just like, they were like, yeah, how about it does this? Just to like further different- yeah. differentiate it. Um, and it's, probably just a, it's probably just to differentiate it, but wouldn't it be cool if there was some like <laughs> code breaker out there that yeah. could figure there was some hidden message with all of that? Yeah, anyway. like like the way that you, you, you can like restructure it some yeah. specific way and it says something yeah. else. Make more oval team. Yes, of course. <laughs> what else would it say? Uh, and so then skipping the second paragraph, uh, we go to the third. Do you understand our fates are intertwined? For for you see the anisotropy we sustain, but decay is decay is decay. A colossal fragility, a complex fiduciary. Tongueless we try to speak. There must be another way. We must become more than we are. Always together, never touching. Dependence is death fated. So that's the nine syntaxes. And now I feel like I should just skip down. It's all the way down here in our notes. We have like 20 pages of notes. And there is... Yeah, so in a nutshell the nine have always been here they've been here since life was seated in the universe and they just had no way of communicating really and and as we've gone on they have um they have brought themselves into our awareness throughout mm-hmm. the history of destiny and so their their existence like they were saying to you their existence revolves around uh, not necessarily light or dark, but both just being there. And like us, we're kind of in the middle of that, that you know, that in between light and dark type of thing. And then what's cool about it is they mentioned being tied to the cores of the planetary, um, the planets in our soul system and how they're here and in and around everything. And I think the big thing that they try are trying to kind of say is, our soul system is what we're bound to at the moment. Cause we're not really, you know, outside the heliopause, we're not really like out there. Um, and so all of the burdens that we have to face in our trials are here very much in the soul system and our collapse is wrapped, wrapped around that. And so they're here with us. Now, whether the reason they can talk to us now was a part of the collapse 
or the Ahamkara or, you know, just whatever happened that brought all these enemies here, that could be, you know, integral to uh, why we know about them and care about them at all. But since they're here and we're here, they have learned how to put themselves into our awareness. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best way to sum- summarize it. Yeah. And so um, <clears throat> it was from the, it was from the book, the Awoken of the reef. Uh, the nine have two, I guess they're both technically emissaries, but one is called the emissary yeah. and the other is called Zer. Uh, so or in the emissary in the entry of the Awoken of the reef emissary, Oren is speaking. I'll actually put it on screen so you can see the syntaxes as well. Uh, Oren is speaking to the nine. And so you have Oren speaking with the apostrophes on the end. That's how you can differentiate regular Oren speech and nine speech. And it's basically a back and forth. And sometimes they speak twice. Uh, But the important bit is she's challenging them. And they're all saying like, oh, we're, we're so much more powerful than you. We can do whatever we want. And she's like, no, right. not like, shut the fuck up. And, <laughs> and they go, then why are, then why are we afraid? We are the nine. And she goes, ha, are we, are you? And they respond, are we? And she's all quiet. And then, uh, the, the nine admit it. One of the nine admit it. They go truth, truth, count the voices. And she goes one, two, three, four, five, ha ha. They see it our way. Given time, we are the same. So the nine are divided amongst the se- themselves. Yeah. And she's she's like mocking them for it. She's saying, you're not the nine. You're the five. And they say they say nine. And she says five. And then one of them says yes. So even of the five, there is infighting. <laughs> like, the, so it's not even just the four yeah. and the five, as I like to call it. But it's actually the, the three, the four. And the two. So on screen for anyone listening is the nines symbol, the three circles that are divided into sections with lines. So the first circle from left to right, uh, based on the image I found, the first circle (laughs) has three sections. The second Ah. has four sections and the third circle has two sections. Now these sections also correlate to the flowing the crushing yeah. and the channeling armor sets that are this these are all on screen uh from the uh, uh prophecy dungeon so you'll notice on the hunter the uh and the symbols are all going from top to bottom instead of left to right now but they are in yeah. the same order so the hunter's symbol is the the first one and it's 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 colored in it's not just like the rest so the right. first one is the 3 the hunter the two or the four is the titan the four and the two is the warlock and so this is where it it really gets to the point of this episode where each of the sets flowing crushing channeling you ask uh sorry about that uh we go into the prophecy and we ask them what is the darkness and so for example on the hunter sets the flowing uh you you get the answer of what is the darkness and in each of the entries you are shown a world of light so the three shows you a world of light 
fast forward a bit to the Titan, what is the darkness? You get a world of dark. And then fast forward further to the Warlock, the uh, flowing, the, the channeling, what is the darkness? And you are in a world between. You see a space beyond light and dark. And like, so each hat. Of each course, the warlocks get to see what we can't all see. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think it's as specific as that. But so you go back to yeah. the entry of the emissary and you basically see that you have two voices who are saying, we are five. We aren't nine. And then yeah. you have multiple voices saying, no, 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 we are the nine. Don't, don't listen to her. We are the yeah. nine. And so the two likely are the two who are seen on the channeling set, which is the world between, as opposed to the, the, the three, which is the light and the four, which is the dark. So it's really the yeah. two, the three and the four. It totally makes sense though. And I, I like the, I like, I never, I didn't realize that the, <laughs> I don't know where I've been. I've been sleeping under a rock, but I didn't realize <laughs> that the symbols had uh, that many spaces in each one. Yeah, I knew so that they were, I knew that they were tied to the classes and I knew that they kind of spoke for each one of the, but I never knew like there was two and one and three and one. And one. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things that like, Whenever I get the chance, this is one of my favorite things in the lore. Uh-huh. The nine have really become one of my favorite things in the lore because it, it feels like the, how the lore used to be like in Destiny 1. Yeah. Where so little of it was like, like I don't want to say given to you, but like it was all like scattered pieces and you really had sure. to put it together. And so like you look at this armor set and you go, why is that one highlighted? And then you look at yeah. the next one. Why is that one highlighted? You look at the next one. Why is that one highlighted? And you look at the pieces totally and it's like, sense. oh my God, it, it all it all connects together. And well, what like, also is cool is if you take all three of them and you align them on top of one another, they make the IX symbol, which is the nine. So when you... No fucking know, way. Yes, sir. So this was figured out a long time ago. And then uh, Jake, Watermelon XO, actually made a GIF of it. This is like, what, four years ago now? Anyway, he made a GIF of it once where it was rotating all the symbols around. I thought it was really cool. And then when they rotate just right, you get IX. And it oh makes nine. God. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Derailed again. The rhino train came steaming down the tracks. So it's a neat little trick. If you li- if you put them on all on top of each other and you rotate them just right, you get IX. That's so that's the symbol for Zur, the nine. And we see him have that little IX with him as his representative thing. We have to we have to like do a dry run of the show before we actually do the show. So when you have that thought, I can be like, <laughs> "Oh, I'll have it ready for the show." Yeah, I just assumed everybody knew it. I'm sorry, I've never seen that. <laughs> I want to see it now. We'll we'll find it and then we'll put it up on the on the twitters. Oh my god, I, I'm gonna I'll I'll message him after the show because I yeah I, yeah. yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't find like the keyword search. I don't know what he, what he sure. for it. I don't either. Oh, God, that bothers me. Yeah. But it, it's not like it's some grand, you know, exposition. It's just when you put them on there and you rotate them just right, you got IX. So it just uh-huh. happens. It's just neat. It's just a neat little thing. But um, what I thought was interesting is, so like we know about Zur. So Zur has been in the game from day one well well from we didn't we didn't see him (laughs) 
but he's technically been a part of this game ever since the game started. So Zer's a uh, little symbol and he pops in and out of our, our uh, game whenever he feels like it. And he gives us, you know, exotics from who knows where, but uh, we used to give him strange coins mm-hmm. to get these things. And his little symbol, which is that, that, here that triangle shape with the divided lines and it's got the nine symbol in it and it kind of makes a weird but who knows he uh he was the nine's first um experiment into trying to become a part of our universe physically <laughs> yeah and they they screwed up it was like it was like the first boat they tried to put out on the ocean and it was kind of held together by like rubber bands and duct tape and bailing wire <laughs> and it was and it's just broken mass of a person <laughs> so that's that's actually an interesting thing so I, I i suggest everyone like go on to ishtar because we're not going to have the time to read every sure. single entry go on to ishtar all you have to do is search c-o-d-a coda and then you find uh flowing crushing channeling it reads helmet arms chest legs and then the mark or the class items are mark judgment cloak judgment bond judgment those will also come up under the coda search yeah. uh so read it in order but the 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 thing about zur is when you get to the channeling wraps so uh the two the ones who show you the space between uh, they say, uh, you notice red ribbons bind your wrists. They lead far away from here across a vast white expanse, disappearing into infinity. We tied those ribbons to see what you would do so what, so that we could learn about you about and this system. It was our emissary's idea. Second contact. We have learned since then. The heavens above you are clear of stars and shadows. Your soul is weary. And they all end with that, like, your soul is weary. Your feet find purchase on whatever it is. Uh... So basically, that might not be the the best one or the correct one. But the the two claim ownership of the emissary and uh, Zer. They say like we we we're interested in you, and right. we want we yeah. There it is. Uh, you used to inhabit space like this no longer. We are still there. We are not interested in light or dark. Our interest is in you and those like you. We have reached out before with an agent who was whose will was not his own. First contact. We have learned since then. So first contact, as you said, was Sir. And yeah. then second contact is the emissary who had this idea to tie red ribbons on your hands and see what you do with them. Is that a... Oh, what the hell is his name? Uh, uh, Norse wolf who, who eats Odin. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, was that the Beowulf story or something? Wait, no, 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 that's no, that was uh, no, wait, wait. Uh, the yeah, guy, right, right. the guy who the wolf trusted had his hands oh, bound man. in the same ribbon that the wolf was going to yeah. be bound in inside his mouth or maybe it was one hand. No, it's been a while since uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, Norse I get it all muddled. I always, I always get it all muddled. A Glitnir yeah. or whatever his name was, something. Oh, it's from the Prose Edda. I read the, I reread the Prose Edda. If you can imagine that. Uh, well, I didn't reread it. I, I had the, um, the uh, Audible. Yeah. Lo- Loki, Loki's son, Fenrir. <laughs> yeah, 
and Fenrir was on the side of uh, the Aesir, yep. but because they didn't trust Fenrir, he was like, okay, then fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was like, I would have fought for you, but you guys are dicks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Cool callback. I, I, yeah, I wonder if that's like a, a reference to that, though. Well, it could be because that was... Um... Okay, so that story, if I'm remembering correctly, was about the rejection of the gods and how they were basically under trial, kind of like the trials of the nine. So they they forced they forced or he was forced. It was oh. forced into a scenario where they had to um, make a decision, I guess. So you were actually correct as well because you said gl- Glepinir, right? Glepinir? Yeah, Glepinir. That was the rope. Uh, as I'm calling it, the uh, the or chain, I guess, depending on the story that you're being told, it's different. But in the story I heard, I could have sworn that it was a red a red ribbon bound him, and it was supposed to be like, oh yeah, we've tried all these like heavy metal chains, and now this red ribbon is all that it this like enchanted ribbon is enough to actually yeah. hold him back. Yeah, because like you don't see um you don't see well you're not supposed to see the wolf until like the end of days or something. You're not yeah, supposed he, to see him. He uh he gets out during Ragnarok and goes and eats Odin. Yeah. Yeah. So like um something about something, something, as long as he's bound up, you know, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that that was Odin's whole deal. He was like, if I can just prevent something, like at least then yeah. it's like so I'll, I I won't because they 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 saw the future or they predicted the future and it was like uh, oh so I'm gonna get killed by Fenrir so if, yes. we, if we bind him then I won't get killed by Fenrir but of course Norse mythology yeah it happened anyway and now we're here because Ragnarok has already happened right right well yeah but the Ragnarok okay so here's what's cool about Ragnarok it's supposed to happen and it keeps happening uh huh. So, like in Norse mythology, when Ragnarok happens, it washes the slate clean, and then everything ha- starts growing again. Oh, hey, wait, look, I got ribbons over here. You think these are the same ribbons? <laughs> For anyone uh, listening, sorry, I, I I made a background. Um, I think it's Eternity. It's one of the nine maps that aren't there anymore. They have a maypole with a whole bunch of ribbons. Yeah, interesting. Hand a ball. What's that up? What's up with that? I was I was thinking that was a speck on my screen. I was trying to scratch it off earlier, but it's just the, like a little black moon or something. <laughs> it's one of the mini <laughs> orbs that they put all over the place. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was like a fly on your screen or something. But so I think it's really interesting. Uh, before we move on from the Coda set, I, I would like to say I do think it's interesting. How the nine, or rather, how the the two, the three, and the four, uh, yeah. view the light in the dark. So, yeah. and I guess this is like their collective view of the light in the dark. Even though, well, so so so, what happened in Trials of the Nine? They were trying to test us because they had an ulterior motive. They wanted mm-hmm. to figure out more about us, and so the trial they well, know a be, lot. That would be second contact from the two. Yeah. Yeah, so so the trial happened because they're very much interested in us, just like they were, you know, with three other individuals who mm-hmm. transcended. But anyway, they they were interested in us because, like us, they are tied and bound by you know the same 
expectations and limitations of the universe. Mm -hmm. And so in order to transcend that universe, they need to know more about us to become like the three. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So like if, if, if we are bound by paracausal and slash physical um, rule sets, they are too. However, there are three representatives that transcended those rule sets in order to become more like them. And one of them being a grand experiment quotes, so we are integral to them learning how to do that. I wonder how much. So basically, for anyone who doesn't know, the three that we're talking about right now isn't the three of the nine. It's it's uh, what's uh, commonly called the Dark Vanguard. You have uh, Drifter, who was the Dredgen, as the nine call them. You have Eris, who was the Blade uh, Blade, wh- who found a new purpose. Sharpened called, a new, yeah, sharp, yeah. yeah. Some romantic way of saying (laughs) right like that's all it is it's just yeah some prose yeah and and then also the hourglass with infinite patience and which is uh elsie slash the exo stranger so you basically have your elsie stasis your heiress hive magic who's also now using stasis and your drifter who in that cutscene, I'm not I, I don't think he even used stasis. I think he was just like sizing everyone up and dodging and like like you know. Yeah. Cause and we know that he has this ability to create taken, which is yeah. unheard of by yeah. anyone else. So third third power. So you have your three dark powers. But I wonder if it's the nine as a whole who was interested in them, or if it's specifically uh the four. Who's interested in them? The four being the ones who are the uh, broken up sentences with a minus plus equals line and yeah. are interested, seemingly interested more so in the darkness than the light. Yeah. It almost seems like it almost seems like they've kind of that's part of the separation between the nine is like the other ones are kind of like, oh, we don't care <laughs> or or they're like, why are you know, like, why would you why would you? occupy yourselves with such fri- uh, frivolity, I guess is the word, or like just, they don't see a point in all of that. They think it almost seems like they think in order to be more like us, mm-hmm. uh, they don't need to interact with us and do all that stuff. The four are doing, they need to just kind of um, wait it out or, or, or there's somebody else that they're more interested in. Who knows? But what would be cool is if the nine just showed up one day, <laughs> physically and then they were a whole nother enemy or, or friend foe whatever frenemy yes. some way so or maybe they'll just absorb the eldritch eldritch race <laughs> and become something new and we will no longer have hive so uh before we move on uh Mother Codfish in chat said, I thought Drifter just lured Taken and other species he used in Gambit. So that is the uh, lie that he told to Shin Malfer. That's who right. Was, who what, He didn't know it was Shin Malfer. He thought it was Orsa Zir, I think. Was he Orsa? Whatever his many names was. Was Shin Orsa or was Shin Vale? Oh, crap. Either way. Uh, yeah. that was, well, and it might not have actually been a lie. It might've started. That was way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so 
when you look in the book Stolen Intelligence, which I can put up on screen, uh, in Stolen Intelligence, this is a hidden report. Uh, so here you have this data is obtained from surveillance devices. Uh, this is this is from Anor, who is watching uh, Drifter. In previous reports, I stated that it is my belief that Drifter had invoked some kind of paracausal event enabling the resurrection of the enemy VIP to 2015 Oryx. This belief is predicated upon reports of creatures resembling the infamous Echoes of Oryx that the Guardian forces engaged in and destroyed en masse during the Taken War. Uh, further on, uh, it says here, just to not read all that, uh, he can create prime evil likes from the energy of the hull and sheer force of will. As to the apparent presence of 215, it is a falsehood. My handlers in the Praxic Order surmise simply the shape of Oryx was the scariest hive he could think of. He's tenacious, but he has a small mind. So. Yeah. <laughs> I love those little digs at all the characters. It's just funny. Writers have so much fun with this stuff. So uh, basically, yeah, he, he maybe he did start by just like, because that's what he said, that he uh, he corralled a bunch of Taken into a slice <laughs> of the Ascendant plane and he can just like push them out whenever he wants. Yeah. But there is evidence that he is creating them as well through a force of will. And that's something that's one of that's another one of the things there there are so many like little like details that people just yeah. like they 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 see they see the first example and and they lock that in they're like ah drifters corralling taken and they lock that in like that's what it is but then right. the second example comes a little bit later and they've already locked it in so all those oh, all yeah that's right. over their head it it, it, it doesn't right. it doesn't lock in. And so there is a there yeah. is a uh, there is a term for that, and I forget what it is right now. But that is a term that happens, and it happens a lot in yeah. um, just everything. And it takes a while for people to realize, oh wait, <laughs> I should have paid attention. But yeah, mm -hmm. so just like you said, they they plant a seed, and then they give you like a little bit of knowledge, which makes you automatically assume the the thing that seems the most um, believable, right? Yeah. And so this is a story. Th this is something that writers do constantly too, but they'll, they'll give you just enough information at the beginning of a story to make you believe, Oh, you know what? That's exactly what that is. I know the end now. I know yeah. exactly what's going to happen. You know, it, everybody is guilty of doing this. Like you yeah. start a Netflix series and you, and that first guy, you see him or girl and you see them and you're like, Oh, that's the, that's the bad person. I already yeah. know it. I already know it. And then like towards the end, you're like, Oh my God, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. So they did this all the time. Uh, so especially with destiny, because it, everything that you read in the lore or most everything that you read in the lore is being told from a perspective of a character. So you have to think about how reliable is that character? Are they likely mm -hmm. to lie to me? And you have the drifter saying, Oh yeah, yeah. this crowd, a bunch of taken. Of course he's going to lie. Like, <laughs> he's the easiest one to be like, I'm going to uh. remember that, but I'm not going to believe it like that. Like tuck that away and then look for the other information. Whereas a nor in the praxic order, they might be like, I don't, I don't know an appropriate word for them. Like Speckle fascists? Bull. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, would they, would, <laughs> is the Praxic Order fascists? I don't know. I think they're just hell-bent on being so right that nothing else that fits within the lines of what they believe will be accepted. So. Whatever that means. <laughs> but 
uh, even though they might not be the the most friendly group they the hidden reports are reliable and that's where yeah. that was coming from that wasn't yeah. that was a practic warlock making a hidden report it, there's a funny there's another funny concept of when when somebody you don't like tells you the thing that makes the most sense and was true all along <laughs> like like the praxis so like when the yeah. praxis when we first knew about praxis and the the order we thought of them as like oh they are the chariots of fire they are the they are the end all be all crusaders they're the best representatives of of the light they sacrifice themselves in a conflagration of flames when everything goes wrong as a way to keep humanity going right yeah. and then <laughs> uh oh Wait a minute. There's a bad side to these guys. Political extremists. I think that's a more yeah. appropriate term. Well, maybe. Because they are. They like anything to do with the dark. They are like, you deserve to die. You, yeah. 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 And they do. Well, and I would say, like, just like any of the factions, there's always an extreme version of. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, they don't speak for the masses, but they do stand out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I I'm waiting for the day to see that lore entry where there's just like a guardian in a, in a bar asking for extra ice in his drink. And then Ward, uh, a Nord just pulls a gun on him. And it's like, you want an extra what? <laughs> uh, yeah. Stasis for Whoa. anyone who, who didn't get that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So to recap, the yeah. nine are the two, the three and the four, the two like us, the three like light, the four like dark, Drifter can create Taken. Uh, and I feel like we had something else. Were we talking about Eris yet? We we not haven't really talked about Eris yet. But she she's the end of it, so we can save her for a second. Yeah. But, so okay, we, so Stranger. Yeah. Before we get off of the Coda stuff, I do want to say, so going starting with the Hunter, we have uh, the World Full of Light. And so in the World Full of Light... Uh, you feel every particle on your face catch fire as the, as your sight burns away. The heat persists, though you can no longer see. You know there is nothing to see anyway. You hear nothing over the roar of the wind. Your vision gradually returns. Something grips your hands, desperately shaking them. And then uh, my favorite entry, this is the important one. This is how the nine view the light. The shouting grows eager. You can smell it now. Whatever has seized you. Ancient, rotting, powerful. Its grip is strong, as strong as yours. The heat of light coursing through it. It can smell the light on you, too. It knows you are just like it. It has lived forever. A gift from your shared parent. Forever is too long. You think you know what it's saying now. It begs for death. So, basically, we we live in this, like especially the praxics they live in this like ideal of like oh the light is pure and the light is good and everything yeah like, yeah but you're gonna live forever and it's you know it's it's uh, like a trade-off yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um like we learned about ulantan's uh teaching and how woke he was about explaining to us mm -hmm. if if you if you if you come to the realization that light and dark can't exist without one another then you'll realize that you probably shouldn't exist. I don't know. I, whatever his teaching was necessary. I mean, whatever he was trying to say, <laughs> yeah. he was basically he, saying, if you sacrifice yourself, then you don't have any of it or something like that. 
and then moving on uh, to the dark, which is what the the four like. Uh, it is a pitch black, pitch black in a world full of dark. You smell rotting stench all around you. The, the wind roars in your ears. A starless sky hangs above you. You have idle hands. There is nothing to touch as far as you can tell. And it's basically just that over and over and over. Just like yeah. this, the stars are gone. It smells bad. And there's nothing here. And uh, then the, <laughs> and then the, the final one is the warlock, the two, who is interested in the space between. And as we, we previously mentioned, um, the red ribbons, Zer, mm-hmm. they're interested in us. Uh, so you see what only the light left you. Every day there will be unmarred forever for, for you and all those like you. But the dark has returned. And when light and dark meet, universes collapse. Not something to mourn, natural order. But we believe... You exist to buck natural order. You always did, even before the dark, before the light. So basically, mm. like saying, uh, oh, sorry, and it continues. Uh, when it was just you and those like you, we would learn more. The heavens above you are clear and and clear of stars and shadows. Your feet find purchase on a three dimensional plane. Blah blah blah. So basically, it's like the two are interested in humanity. They think humanity, yeah, humanity. is like this, like this great, like middle finger to the universe. And it's like, yes. they're the ones who can make us real. They are the ones yeah. that we need to learn how to, how to. And so that's, and so that's, so narratively, that's always been an archetype for many sci-fi stories is that humanity within the universe and whatever shape or form it is, is the end all be all key. That is just like you said, the middle finger to the universe that they exist in. And so, like you should take pride in the fact that to exist as humanity, which, you know, is humans, I guess, but to exist is basically like saying to the universe, fuck you. <laughs> because the universe doesn't care about whether you exist or not. If you exist, it was um, an amazing feat that you overcame. It was a, a, a ridiculously tall mountain that you somehow climbed mm-hmm. to get to the top and say, hey, look, I'm here. And so what they're saying is before you got paracausal powers and became a guardian or light bearer or whatever you want to call yourself, mm-hmm. you were already uh, an amazing feat yeah. to exist. And so the nine want to be like you. And I, or I think- some of them do. I think that's a great <laughs> analogy to also uh, pitch what the light in the dark is, where the light is like, what if we leveled the mountain and it's yes. like everything, everything exists. Yes. You're already there. And the dark is like, what if the mountain was spewing lava and had boulders rolling <laughs> down it and poisonous snakes and uh, a mean guy like that's going to call the <laughs> names. It's like everything that can be worse is now yeah, on that mountain. That's a good idea. That's a good way of putting it. You know, um, mythologies and folklore around the globe have always kind of told that same scenario. And um, it's always been this dichotomy. It's always been this struggle of light versus dark. But Mm -hmm. what they all tell you in their stories is not hero versus villain. What they're telling you is inevitability. And so you need to accept your uh, environment. And the only way to ascend is to be of a, a almost sacrificial, like almost the betterment for humanity. For humans to go on and exist, you have to um, forgo all the, the 
bindings and ties of your natural realm or world that you exist in. And so, you know, not to paint a picture of it, but they turn these philosophies, ideals that even go as all the way far back as Egypt, ancient Egypt into religions and other things, but in belief systems. And so what I think is interesting is they all kind of have a similar um, scenario and whether or not, you know, you uh, grow as a human, it's up to you. So you have the freedom, you have the, you have the choice of, you know, you have free will, (laughs) right? And so the players in the game of destiny, the two entities that are, you know, remove themselves or put themselves in the game, I guess you say the chess game, the chess board, the flower game, whatever you want to say. Um, they are here in the struggle, <clears throat> but the nine represent the opposite side that you can't see of the physical realm. And they want to be like us mm-hmm. because they see us because of our paracausal power. That's probably too abstract. Uh, Mother Codfish uh, mentioned a vision that uh, Oren gave the Drifter, and I'm trying to find it. Do you... Oh, is the... That from, uh... is, that, is that from the Warlock and Nor where uh, Drifter yeah. was talking to the Emissary and no one could see the Emissary but uh, but Drifter? Yeah, I think so. And then that's the one where he snaps out of it and he's like, oh, I see. And then like he doesn't tell you what he saw, but he's, you know, he, he kind of sees the the coming future. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. man, planning all this morning. Yeah. Drifter saw something we didn't see. That might be a hard one to find because that was a cutscene, wasn't it? No, it was, it was a, it was an entry. Damn it. Uh, chasing legends and then so. Where did I start? Six? I started at six. Let me just go through these really quick. I'll see if I can find them. Because that's an interesting one. Um, Drifter. Drifter can see. No, it was Orin dialogue in the Prophecy Dungeon. Oh, well, I'm never going to find that. Because uh, Drifter has some very conflicting emotions on uh, Orin. Yeah. So, so basically, well, the prophecy yeah. the prophecy dungeon has Orin scattered all over the place, and you, you get uh, the Drifter to talk to her, and many of those i'll i'll put it in chat just for anyone who's interested so many of those have transcripts and most of them have the drifter yelling at the uh huh i sorry uh drifters is calling her a lunatic all the time uh i can see if there's visions Remember, Drifter rejects um, his gift, basically. Yeah, so, like that would make light. sense. Yeah, so that would make sense for him because he rejects the existence of his ghost, even. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it, it's almost like the little thing that they keep playing around with—his insatiable hunger—is uh, kind of 
a part of that story arc. And I won't delve way into that, but remember, Drifter saw some shit go down on. Oh, uh, shit. I, I found it. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, this is a long one. Um, I, w- I wish I could. I wish I could get right to this. So basically, uh, the emissary says, Dredgen, let's play a game. Your kind reveals so much in the choices you make. And he replies, what the hell does that mean? You know what? Okay, I'll bite. And so she sends him on those visions that we get in the coda entries. That's what they were talking about. So uh, the night has enveloped you. This is a world full of dark, no sparks. And he goes, what's that smell? And she says, the stench of death. And he goes, am I dead? I hope so, because what I'm smelling, I don't want to be touching. And she says, you stand atop a dead world, a collapse. Get me out of here. Very well, your feet find purchase on Shifting Sands, which is the world of light. And he goes, hell, what the hell? How are you doing this? Oh, yes. Too yes, yes, yes. And she goes, the sun is blinding. This is a world full of light, no shadows. A creature runs into you in blindness. It nearly bowls you over. And so, yeah, it's it's basically a uh, drifter is experiencing... Uh, future outcome oh sorry about that um for the the link we just have a night bot to not allow links at this fault safe sorry about oh. that uh but yeah so that's the one it's there it's 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 in it's in this it's in this prophecy transcript and uh the video should have all of them as well uh it's a it's a whole playlist so if if you're really interested in in seeing it you can just sit there and you know chill out ishtar does a lot of great things um mm-hmm. with that <laughs> i wish i had i wish i had uh had that prepared because i don't want to just be sitting through uh the video trying to find the correct one yeah i but wish so, i had the i wish i had the item i'll have to find it too but that whole scenario right there that you're describing and talking about that's directly ripped from another uh story and um i can't remember the name of it right now but i'll find a link to that later and put it on Twitter or something, but um, it, it's a callback to that um, item that we got in game, which is a whole nother story outside of Destiny. But it, it's basically um, mm. the king seeing a future outcome that is basically a wasteland of everything that he's doing could potentially create. So it's kind of like a, a warning, a tell, a story an, of an inevitable future of regardless of the decisions you decide to make in the present. This is going to happen. And Drifter knows already there could be a, a second coming collapse, whatever, deluge, whatever you want to call it. And so his his cowardice, his uh his his um weaseling trying to protect himself from that or insulate himself from a you know the second collapse isn't necessarily going to work, mm-hmm. is kind of what they're saying. So I do have uh what I thought they were mention, mentioning uh, it is from another stolen intent, intelligence. So it's another hidden report and that they're spying on the drifter. And it's, it's basically one of those U one Oh one U one Oh two, like the old uh, thorn entries used to be. Yeah. And it's yeah. only the drifter talking because they can't see the emissary. And so he's just like, what now? What the hell is it you're trying to tell me? You showed me a universe with no light dominated by dark. What are you arguing? Steadfastness in the traveler's dogma. Ha ha. That's no, that's not obtuse enough for y'all. No, no, I don't think so. Because so like there's, there's conversations between this that we're missing. And I really hope that we can actually get that one day. Cause it'd be interesting. But my, the big reason why I like this is, uh, 
they are actually like torturing him as well. He goes, I refuse the traveler dogma for generations and I'll reject yours. A rush of static as the feed distorts from light based radiation. You can't boil my brain brothers and sisters. I see you trying, <laughs> but I'm already there. A fizzling cackle as the feed distorts from light based radiation. So there's, there's some way to like actually use the light on him from the nine. Uh, so they are getting smarter and uh, and if you think you have a handle on Orin, well, you didn't know her like I did. You slip up just once, that girl will eat you alive. Nine <laughs> steak sounds mighty tasty if you can find it. <laughs> Scrape it all together. Get a fire going, that'll cook it. What a fire that would be. You wanted to see what made us tick. Maybe Drifter wants to see what makes you stop. So, like, he's got, like, a vendetta against the Nine. But I think it's all talk as well. I don't think sure, he has any yeah, intention he, of ever going after he, them. That's how he is. He he's the barking dog that scares away the bad guys. But if you get close enough, he's just like, eh. yeah, not so much. And uh, so a dull a dull roar as the feed distorts from light based radiation. Yeah, boy, that's a threat. Hello, no, not you. I still need you this week. Get back to work. <laughs> what? Nothing. Still hungry. Yeah. Like he's a lunatic. <laughs> yeah. I remember because uh, this came out. In season of the Drifter, I remember when he he would say things like that. He would have all these lines, like when he came out in Forsaken about being hungry and stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, "Is Drifter a cannibal?" Like I was, I was like, I was like so positive that he was a cannibal. And then Not he starts saying things about cannibal, but he just eats everything. Period. Yeah. It's he's a non-discriminate eater. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he will eat anything. Yeah. It's a it's an interesting way for Destiny to go, and I mean, I they they kind of did a similar thing with um with the Fallen, where they were confronted mm-hmm. about eating eating babies. babies. And they were like, we would never eat a baby. We have eaten adults. We were very hungry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We would never we would never intentionally kill a baby yeah. to eat it. Yeah, we're not we're not hunting your infants. But I but mean, if you had a dead baby laying around and we were hungry, maybe it'd be yeah. a good snack. so all this talk about the emissary probably has people wondering who's the emissary and the emissary actually has a huge story that we do not have time to go fully into today maybe we can another day uh, if she she becomes more relevant uh after the 30th but so basically a quick a, a, a quick run is that emissary was human went on the yangly way uh, uh, Exodus Green got turned into an Awoken, came yep. out into the reef alongside Mara, but said, I want to leave the reef. I want to become an Earthborn Awoken because yep. they need to know about you and what yep. you're doing. Yep. And then she died. So <laughs> she she's had like, so human, Awoken, Guardian, Emissary. So she's technically had four names. Her human name... Her Awoken name, her Guardian name, and then also the Emissary. Yeah. Uh, so from the book uh, Ecdysis, the entry debt, uh, as a Guardian, as the Guardian Orin, she is actually still working for Marasov. And sure, Ido is dead and is found with uh, strange coins. on. Is it two strange coins on the eyes? Oh, man. I don't remember, one strange coin on the cool, forehead? That would be... That would be the ferryman tale from the Coxidus story uh, in, fo- in uh, mythology. Hmm. 
if it was the eyes because it, it was either two strange coins one on each eye or it was one strange coin on her forehead and i for, or maybe it was just like on her body either way just- sure sure was found dead with a strange coin and mara basically sends Orin out to find the nine and so as Orin goes out uh to find it it's like mara's like i need you to find who killed her and she's like to know or to see them killed and mara's like to know i don't i'm not sure it was a murder and um so Orin goes i'm just trying to because it's it's like a random entry i'm just trying to to like phrase it correctly Orin goes in search of the nine and she's on the moon so it, it reads uh the search sends her deep into a sublunar cavern where she finds no enemies but instead clouds of steam and a half man with ga- grasping tentacles where his face should be forgive yeah. them he rasps as she crushes his windpipe in her fist who she <laughs> snarls tightening her grip his face writhes with growing urgency reminding herself that she came here for answers first and vengeance second she pushes them away he staggers steadies reaches into his ropes and draws something out Orin gull uh her her ghost warns but she's already seen it she hefts her war hammer and strikes him hard in the chest it is like hitting a ball off a tee there is no resistance he caroms off of a dewy boulder with a sickening crunch that is his spine he will never yeah. stand straight again and as he hits <laughs> the ground a tarnished silver jaw slips from his fingers the sound echoes as it bounces as it bounces away into the dark Orin uses a hunting knife and brute strength to puncture the jaw's dented lid. She turns it over and pours thin steam of pale gray powder into her gloved palm. Dust returns. It ever returns. He it the is. man chuckles wheezily. He looks up and he is gone. So, uh, jaw, bone. It's coated in silver. Yes. To, uh, to keep the auditory, auditory. hallucinations yep. <laughs> at a minimum. So, what that means, chat, or people listening is ahamkara bone. So that dust returns is that's what's kind of relevant right now. And, and what this whole thing is kind of getting to is, um, the nine played around with the ahamkara and, uh, just like everybody else in this game. (laughs) And if you're not careful, um, you could be, uh, working as an agent for the ahamkara if you aren't paying attention to what you're doing throughout the game. And so our characters that we know in the game all have been in one way or another touched by an Ahamkara or manipulated by uh, Ahamkara in, in the story. Yeah. And, uh, and so this whole dang thing could just be one big thing. (laughs) And and again, this is, this is the two who were interested in the nine. Yeah. As, as as we can, uh, since we're on the the nine or not the nine, the Amkara, uh, yeah. as we're on that bit, we can jump ahead to uh, the entry, the bone from the book Dust. Uh, yep. So this follows Lavinia, not to be confused with one of the many names of Orin. Is she is not Orin? She's just a random okay. cryptarch. Uh, so she tries to explain that she didn't that she didn't that she only wanted to track the bone back to its source venus hopefully and learn why the nine needed the ahamkara why do you think the nine needed the ahamkara ikora asked dangerously to make wishes lavinia pants zur didn't appear in the tower until the end of the great ahamkara hunt wherever they whatever they used to get from the ahamkara she leaves the leaves it unsaid maybe the nine are now getting it from the guardians Mm mm-hmm 
And so for Excuse a me. very long time, this goes hand in hand. There was the, I believe it was a shotgun motion to vacate. Uh, it, it had an entry that said, uh, done can't be undone. And this is the nine speaking. And actually I will put that on screen so you can see the syntax. Uh, done can't be undone. Remember the slaughter. It was no slaughter. Our children. Stolen constructs, not ours. I can still hear the echoes. Hallucinations. 10,000 dying wishes. We were yeah. merciful. <laughs> we should have chosen the, uh, we should have chosen otherwise. The dreamer survived only to fall. Rid yourself of this regret. So a lot of this is really going hand in hand with Ahamkara. I yeah. can still hear the echoes, hallucinations, 10,000 dying wishes. You know, like yep. these are all yep. like Ahamkara yep. keywords. Yep. And the dreamer is the only one that survived. Yeah. And it's like, who's the dreamer? Could that be Riven? Or could there be another Ahamkara out there? Because as they said, the dreamer, the dreamer survived only to fall. So is it to fall to imply that she was captured? Is this, is this to say... Because this is this is from Warmind. This is before Forsaken, so yeah. it's not after we've defeated Riven. But is that to say that they have some way of knowing that we were going to kill Riven? And, or and it, they could just and they could just be talking about you know the Alpha Lupi. Yeah, and, it could be that as well. Show. Yeah, that what I think is what I think is interesting is how Bungie plays with the the Warmind. Now that you brought that up, because um, rampant AI have always been like a construct. Uh, of marathon the game uh -huh. before you know halo and stuff and and in halo they were rampant ais like a mendicant bias and and a guilty spark 343 and mm -hmm. um so like these rampant ais that they are they tend to be like the villains of the story but also you find out later on that they weren't necessarily so villainous as you thought they were more or less kind of giving you a window into what was happening because they are, whether it's trustable or not, they are the one thing that catalogs and, <laughs> and archives what happened in, in your surroundings before, you know, everything fell apart. So like, you know, you learn from the war mine, you learn from the ghosts, you learn from all of these different entities in the game. Uh, what's going on in your universe but you 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 kind of you kind of have to ch pick and choose what to trust so uh <coughs> speaking of the dreamer only to fall uh as uh i have no idea how to pronounce your name i'm sorry as someone in chat said i i planned on plugging this video at the end uh matt uh Mylan games actually just put out a video as we talked yeah. about in uh, our dms uh, where he said the the nine saw Oryx take Riven, and that is what uh, only to fall means. Oryx took Riven all the way back in the Taken King, which is much GT Finn. Okay, GT Finn. Uh, that's how you pronounce the name. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so they saw that all the way back in the Taken King. The Dreamer survived only to fall. Like that's. That's uh, a very, I think that's a very valid possibility. And we're still going to plug uh, Matt's video at the end of this. Yeah. And um, it is a great job summarizing and giving you um, the story without, you know, just reading pages after pages after pages after pages and stuff. 
But also, as much as I love Matt and as much as I appreciate people coming here to, to, to listen, to watch uh, us talk, absolutely go read it for yourself. Go be the person yes. who yes. who finds that that line that Rhino, uh, myself, that Matt, that Bife, that uh, Blue and, and Focus Fire Chat, that the uh, Guardians of Lore, that Spinfoil Theory, that everyone yep. is missing. Be the person who's like, wait a second. No one's talking about this. Yes, and, and please. Completely blow it open. Please be that person. Yeah, because there's so many things that you know. Without without you guys, we wouldn't even be aware of. Yeah, because we read this stuff, and you get that's the problem with everything in life. You get in the trenches, and you start you start digging. You're too close. You're missing the. You're missing it. You know, you're missing what's happening mm-hmm. out on the battlefield. You know, you if you don't step back every now and then and get an aerial view of what's happening you're going to get lost, you know? So, um, you can either be the guy in the, in the sky or be the guy or the girl in the, in the trenches helping figure it out. But, you know, we need people at all perspectives. We need people to be standing on mountains. (laughs) Uh, so mother codfish, uh, said, do you guys have any recommendation where to start with the destiny lore? I just started delving into it this season. So I only know very little bits and pieces. So, uh, Matt on DCP, uh, months ago actually said he, and I agree with him and that's why I'm bringing it up. And that's why I'm saying that he said this, uh, so you get the season, right? And the season is telling you the story and it kind of gets you hooked. It's like, oh man, what's this? And it, 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 it gives you answers, but it also gives you questions. That's where you start. Look yes. for the answers to the questions you have, because as you look for your own answers, like, so it, in this season, you might be like, I guess a better example, just to keep it relevant in the 30th anniversary, let's say we have a bunch of Zer stuff. You might be like, who the hell actually is Zer? And yeah. then it's like, oh, so you find out about the nine and then you're like, but what are the nine? So then you find out that there are these like dark matter, uh, rings made of dust orbiting the planets and they exist because we exist. And then you'll, you'll learn about the emissary and you'll be like, okay, but who is she? And every answer you go to find will only get you more questions, which gives you more things, more answers to find. And it, it just, it just spreads out farther and and then, and then you realize, and then you realize the whole goal was I at, And when you understand that word, ayat, you start to realize, oh, the whole point was to make me question and, and seek out answers. So, so the, the the overall story in Destiny's story is to make you hunger, just like the Drifter. Yeah. Inevitably. And so uh, the, the biggest thing, and I, I, I can't say this enough, the biggest thing is uh, when you start like looking for answers and start forming opinions. If if you were to like put out that opinion and you have anyone who's like, I don't think that's right. Whether they're nice about it or they're mean about it, like hold to your opinion, but also be prepared to be wrong. We are wrong all the time. And you need to be able to be like, you know what? No, you, you, you make a really good point. You provided evidence that disproves the opinion I held. And now I'm going to be smarter because I've learned from you. And then eventually given time, there will be that time where hopefully the other person will go, you know what? No, you are right now. And I'm yeah. now smarter. And then everyone is smarter. And everyone I, and I say smarter. this and I say this all the time, power. The, the, the reason why they say knowledge is power is not because it's, it's held. Yeah. No, knowledge is power when it's shared. 
Exactly. So the more you can share knowledge, the more power you have over your own agency and, and what's going on in the game, as well as your own informed, whatever, understanding. So <clears throat> do that. Whatever you think, even if it's the most crazy thing you've ever thought, like that the marathon man is just Master Chief and your guardian in the game, or Pahan and. Okay, but see, that's that's what I mean. <laughs> that's you, you do shit like that, man. There, are, there are things where people will just say like the most outlandish thing, and it's it's fun to say outlandish things. I love saying outlandish things, but please, like, don't make. You have to be careful. You can't you can't create a conclusion and then go looking <laughs> to prove that conclusion because that's only going to make you wrong. <laughs> it's not yeah. going to make you right. Yeah. Uh. Uh, and so the the great thing about destiny is is that you'll learn that seemingly unconnected things are actually connected. Like even if it's you have group A over here and group Z over here, and they have no connection whatsoever, you'll find that there's a whole bunch of things that actually connect them together in between. You know, they might not be connected directly, but they're connected indirectly. Yeah. And, and don't, and, and the other thing to that is don't be overwhelmed. Just yeah. don't, don't seek out things that you truly aren't interested in. That's yeah. where I would basically say, if you want to know where to start in the lore, find something that you're really interested in and mm -hmm. then just learn about it because yeah. If you actually care about learning it, then you're you're gonna have an you're gonna enjoy it. <laughs> if you don't care, don't don't waste your time. Please do not waste your time. I mean, and, you only have so much of it. And and actually, just to stay sidetracked for one last bit, when you are searching, Ishtar is an insanely yes. useful for searching. Many of the things that I pulled up right now, I found just by searching keywords. I was like, keywords. okay, so I yeah. know I know Drifter, I know Emissary. And I found you that prophecy know how to and I was like, it. there we go. You have to know how to spell it, though. <laughs> yes. This, it's this, not a Google search. The search you function. have to know exactly how to spell it. Yeah. Is there an apostrophe? <laughs> you better have that apostrophe. It can't be caps. No caps. Oh, sometimes caps. Uh, yeah. If it's plural, <laughs> if it shows ownership. Yeah. <laughs> mm, boy, I tell you what. And and that, that one that I just brought up about... Um, the drifter talking to the nine and how they were like radiating his brain and everything. Mm. I found that by searching nine steak. <laughs> Cause I it's just remembered that line. Yeah. yeah, That yeah, was yeah, all yeah. I needed. I, I searched. I do that all steak. the time. I, got it. I do that Ooh, all the time. You know, what's funny. You bring that up is uh, the, the writers from Bungie even acknowledge that they use Ishtar yeah, in their own great. way on Twitter. So like it's, it's an invaluable resource that, that the community created and Baxter Definitely go give him a follow. He should He's be on here. Twitter. He should be here. <laughs> he's yeah. a part of this team. You don't see him, but he is a part of this team. Yeah, he's our th uh, one of the three nine that's not here with us right now. <laughs> yeah, he's he's one of the, the three of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so our our last little bit here, and as I was saying, things are things are connected, even if you don't think they're connected. Yeah. Uh. So. We were talking about Orin, and we didn't want to overwhelm you, so we didn't talk about her past names. Uh, one of her past names is Nasia, and so in the book Dust, the final entry, The Witch, uh, we have uh, 
Lavinia, as we said before, the cryptarch who was going out searching for the nine, she's like going through this like portal and, and everything's going crazy. And oh my God, uh, says, uh, oh, I'm sorry. This yep, 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 yep. Going through the portal. Sorry about that. I saw that because I don't see it if it's in the, the Discord. I, I have to do that to see. Oops. So, crap. So, Portal, uh, uh, Nasia said, come, the voice calls. I'm Nasia. You are safe. Come with me. Not safe. No, of course she's not safe because there are factions among the nine. One faction sent Zur and Orin to study the Guardians in the Light to seek the secret of effect without cause and to protect the source of that secret, the last source now that the Amkara are gone. Those five played at alchemy with Kokaitis gates, turning dark dust into energy and then into matter, but they could not unlock the secrets of our mad existence. They needed ambassadors, go-betweeners. The fact the other faction walks a different path, the path that told that folds and needles slipped through space-time itself, existential syringes yielding new spaces to be remade as the nine desire. They have tried oh. to gather enough dark dust in one place to form a black hole and found it difficult. When the dark mass collapses in gravity's fist, the dust passes through itself and scatters. But difficult is not impossible, and there is far, far more dark matter in the universe than bright. They will find a way to make new worlds of it. They will end their dependence on life and the light of guardians, which are falling veil, which the falling veil soon will snuff out forever. Falling veil being the darkness in theory. In passing, Lavinia sees that the entire history of the queen's interactions with the nine, more than anyone suspected and more vital. She sees how the nine blinded guardians to Gaul's approach, risking everything, for Gaul would have destroyed the sun and the nine with it to learn how to steal the light. She sees how one, how the one was punished. Come, Nasia calls urgently. Come with me. Come quickly before. Something dark and hypodermic pierces the void beneath Lavinia, and she slurps her down, pulls her through the pro proboscis so tiny that it breaks her apart into a stream of single particles. One after another, she is annihilated and reborn somewhere, some when, made of flesh again, shaking and dripping, fierce sweat mewling like a little baby, her cheek presses against the warm wooden floor. There's a fireplace, and in the fire, a strong wind outside that sucks at the flames. The clever-looking old lady at the desk looks, looks up. Ah, she says, Lavinia, you've made it. What? Lavinia gasps, what? She smiles, as if Lavinia's confusion is the sweetest greeting she's ever heard. Don't be afraid. You've come to exactly the right place. Where? Some place you're appreciated. Where we can really use everything you've learned, the old lady purrs in a thin steam stream of tea into a cup of bone didn't i tell you that you were lucky when back when you were born and so all the way at the first century there's a single <clears> line <throat> that says lavinia's mother told her that on the day of her birth a witch pronounced her lucky um that witch yeah, that cup of bone you can you can go on ishtar and you can search cup of bone i'm pretty sure yeah and you'll find ties to sabathun yeah so, keyword, cup of bone. Let's see. I'm not finding it. <laughs> it's a good attempt. But either way, so Lavinia is now connecting Orin, Nasia, the Queen, Savathun, the Nine. Zer, like all these, all these little tendrils are now all connected. Nice little bow. Yep. And hopefully, right. in nine days, in the nine days, 
uh, we will learn more about all of that in the 30th anniversary where we get the Dares of Eternity and also the dungeon that begins in the old Cosmodrome's loot cave from Destiny 1. And Zero will be there, maybe. And Zero will be somewhere. <laughs> he was on he was on the banner art for the Dares of Excuse me, the Dares of Eternity. He was like back hiding in the cave. So maybe he's going to be like um uh the uh the uh the vendor he'll be like yeah. a static vendor for the dares of eternities that would be great our next show because we gotta wrap uh, our next show will be on december 12th which is december 12th. The, the week after the uh 30th anniversary if anything new and exciting happens we're probably going to talk about it we might just talk about our impressions about the dungeon and stuff uh so we don't exactly know exactly what we're going to talk about but if you want to find out more if you want to keep up to date on us, we are on Twitter at Loose Cannon Show, as it is spelled down there. C A N O N, uh, Cannon. Not there's there's it's not C A N N O N because it's it's uh it's a pun. It's a pun. <laughs> <laughs> and we only tweet about the show going live and topics like that if we're delayed. So really, if if you set us to notifications, you get like three notifications a week, and it's always the weekend of our show and it just reminds you to come uh, hang out and we hope you participate if if you came late and you want to find us in audio we are on audio we're on youtube we're on everywhere spotify stitcher podbean apple google etc loose cannon show you you can find us there and if you're having trouble finding us because search functions suck on our twitter our uh pinned tweet is a link tree which has all of our information in it so like if if you struggle to find i'll actually go to it now so you can see it because i've never done this before so here it is our link tree look at that we got the one with the tweets the one with the show the one with the music the one with the fruit the one with the browser the one with the tube the one with the host the one with the stitches and the one about beans it's where all the podcasts are <laughs> there you are <laughs> i'm very proud of those names i don't think anyone sees them <laughs> All right, so that's going to be our show for this week. We uh we hope you've had a good time. We had a great time. Thanks Bye, everybody. Guys. Bye.